We at the Other Side of Hell podcast are not therapists, doctors, or counselors. We're just two guys who have been through hell and come out the other side. Please be aware, we may talk about drinking and drugging in detail. Anyone struggling with addiction may find this triggering. Our goal is to share our stories, explore our struggles, and connect with others through our experience. Remember, we are not alone. There is hope, and together we can get better. What's up, world? I'm Willie. And I'm Cameron. Yes, you are. Welcome to the Other Side of the Podcast. Welcome, guys. Good uh-huh. to have you here. It's good to be here. It's been a sec. Yeah. Willie, how are you? I'm good. We uh, we keep talking about all these new changes. Like, you know, we changed the... the uh, the uh, release schedule. release schedule to every other week because we got a new studio coming up. And people were like, "Oh my God, how are you gonna do that?" Yeah, nobody I've, said that. <laughs> yeah, not really. But I mean, just we're we're coming down to the wire on the last few episodes here in, in the, this in yeah, this studio. In this space. And yeah, we don't have anything official because we're unorganized as fuck. We we're just able to pull this off somehow. That's right. And it's fun. So yeah, we're grateful. Just that we thought I'd make that little announcement um, that that this L studio is coming to an end. And we're grateful to all the time that we've had in here. And we'll just keep making announcements as we go. Good to be in the studio. Yeah. There's a, a new chapter afoot. Yeah. Which, for, which totally ties into our topic. Yeah. A new chapter afoot. Always trying to grow. Mm-hmm. change and, and be who we're called to be and evolve yeah and so you know we got a great war story from matt who um is sober a year and a half maybe two years he's not sure because his pathway to sobriety uh doesn't doesn't involve doesn't involve counting time like that yeah, yeah. and and out of his story um we ended up getting the topic of never stop seeking yeah never stop seeking what camera um, hope, mean? I mean, just growth, I think, you know, I is the so. idea. Like one of the things he talked about was finding somebody that he, that he resonated with that was crucial for him to, you know, start taking better care of himself. And I think that that's what we're talking about is I, th- I think that it, uh, it can be a process or a chore. It seems as though the, the more we go down this path and the more people we interact with, there's always something that they have found that resonates with them that they're able to um, then sort of pursue and apply to their own life in a way that helps them grow um, oftentimes to a, a point where they're sober yeah um, and and uh, they they move into recovery space and I think that it's important to um, to find whatever it is that works for you um, what worked for Matt may not work for me what worked for me may not work for somebody else. And I think that the, the, the important element is that we keep trying something, right? Try something new until you find what works for you. Um, and I think that that's, that's kind of what we're talking about today. And I think that, you know, beyond that, once we are sober, it doesn't mean that we get to stop. Right. Right. Um, and that was another thing that he said in his story is that, you know, being sober was just the beginning. It's the starting point. Yeah. And that was something that you said you really resonated with when you, when you heard him say that. Yeah. You know, that the topic of never stop seeking, it, it brings up the reminder that as human beings, it seems like we're, 
explorers by nature you know um if you watch you know dino burrito your your beautiful little boy uh his entire life is around exploring and yeah when when my well even my kids now that that's their entire life is exploring and that seems like that that is the over something that kind of connects all of us as human beings is this this need to explore and try new things and express ourselves and find the the place that gives us security and comfort and it's like we're always looking for that place Mm -hmm. because you know for uh, a time as as a child i imagine i had some comfort and i started getting uncomfortable something either caused me to be uncomfortable or the nature of of being a human being or maybe just being who I am, I started getting uncomfortable and I started seeking comfort again. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, as I went through and I started seeking comfort, there's so much involved with that as, Mm. as people, because there's the emotional aspect, the spiritual aspect, the physical aspect, biological aspect, the environmental aspect, like all these aspects that go into trying to find comfort. And we go through and we start exploring this stuff like one area at a time. And so for whatever reason, I became uncomfortable and I started finding comfort in food. Mm -hmm. Right. Even Mm -hmm. as a young child, Mm -hmm. I, it was always nice to like, I I would look forward to those Saturday mornings where I didn't have to worry about school because I fucking hated school. I didn't resonate with school. It wasn't that I was stupid or anything like that. It just the way that, that I was being taught the things that were forced upon me didn't make me happy. Right. So that caused some discomfort. Um, I was already labeled as either a tough kid, a bad kid, uh, or, or somewhere along that line, because when you're, you know, six, seven, eight years old and you smoke and you fight and you steal, you have these hard conversations with people, you get labels, right? Mm. Like these labels come upon and well, and, and to be fair, there were some, some good labels as well. Like he's a sweet kid, you know, he just has some problems or whatever, but I didn't hear any of that shit till way later in life. But because I didn't like school, I didn't like being around certain peers. I didn't like the, the pressure of classrooms and I didn't like feeling like I wasn't going to do good enough and all, all the negative feelings that went along with it. It was always nice when Saturday morning would roll around and I had that big box of cereal the, with all the colors and like remember mm-hmm. cereal boxes oh, when man. we were a kid we'd just fucking sit down and, and read the cereal box and dig the fucking toy out of there and there was just an immense amount of comfort that came along with that and to a fault right because the chemicals the the shit that that stuff was made out of lucky charms and fucking captain crunch and sugar pops and all that yeah, stuff there yeah, yeah. there there is a biological negative effect that happens to human beings when we consume that processed food and so i started finding comfort and i started seeking comfort and unhealthy behavior along with fighting and sexuality and other troubled kids eventually into drugs that all came from a place of seeking mm-hmm. it all came from a place of looking for something find that place of security right and so go back to your original comment of you know the foundation of our lives today began with sobriety Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. because eventually we found that seeking out negative and unhealthy behavior left us empty and we had to have a reset we had to start over like this no longer works something else has to happen 
and as explorers by nature, we started trying to find another way. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, one of the things, uh, I, I'm really glad that you brought up, uh, Dino burrito because it's been really cool. I think one, one of the things that having a child does is, um, for me anyways, is it allows me to see what is natural, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, what, what is just instinctual? Like he's got this instinct to suck, to do this sucking thing, right? Like, and he had it as soon as he came out of the womb, you know, he was looking for mama's teat, you yeah. know, looking for, uh, something to suck because the, he just, that's just, in, that's in him. Right. Mm -hmm. And now he's, he's 10 months down the road and he has this, um, this innate, uh, desire to explore. Um, now he's finally able to crawl and so he can explore. Um, whereas before, you know, he would just get frustrated because he had that desire, but he couldn't act on it. Um, and so it's been really cool to see like, okay, so this is something that we always want to do. Like mm -hmm. we've always wanted to do this by nature. Like you said, like we want to explore. And I think somewhere, somewhere in, in, in the mix when we're young, for whatever reason, maybe it's trauma, maybe, um, you know, there's a, 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 a some, something that happens that really it, I, I'm getting distracted because I'm hearing noises outside. Okay. Me too. Yeah. Um, but anyways, there's something that, that happens that, you know, creates this void in us. Right. Um, and for me, it's hard to pinpoint exactly where it happened or when it happened or exactly even, you know, what it was. I know there was a number of things that happened that, you know, maybe I didn't think were a big deal at the time, but in retrospect may have led me to a place where I felt empty, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and then I found that some sort of substance or, um, a head change, right. Would at least get my mind <laughs> off of it. Yeah. Um, head check. Yeah, exactly. And, and like you said, to your point, you know, first it started with food and then I found it in exercise actually. Um, and then eventually, you know, I found a quick, a really quick fix. I didn't have to get up. I didn't have to go to the gym. I didn't have to sweat. I didn't have to earn it. You know, um, it was something that was just quick and easy. Right. Um, and then it became less and less easy. Like what, what was it for me? It was, uh, it was, um, narcotics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that's what you were talking about, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I say quick and easy because it's, you know, it's a pill. Take you know? a pill. A yeah. Few take a pill. You feel better. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and eventually it turned into alcohol. Um, and so the story goes, right. Um, but then it stops working yep. and then it gets bad enough that I've got to find something new. Like this, this old way of life, like you said, isn't working anymore. And so I've got to find something new. So when we find ourselves in that circumstance, when I found myself in that circumstance, I had to try a number of different things yeah. to, to try and fix it and try and change it. One of the things I tried was counseling. Um, you know, like I knew it was a problem. I knew it wasn't working. I knew that I was starting to see some consequences because of the drug use, because of the alcohol. Um, and I knew that, you know, I had, I had to try and get it under control. Yeah. So yeah. like I, I went to counseling, right. And I started reading these books and, and, uh, and then, you know, I found myself kind of back in the same shape where it just, it wasn't working for whatever reason. It just wasn't working for me. Um, and so eventually things would get bad enough and I'm grateful for it now, um, that I had to just kind of let other people tell me <laughs> what yeah. might work, you know, and take other people's suggestions. Um, and really that's, that's, that's how I found myself in a place where, 
Um, I was able to get involved with a 12 step program and, and finally get sober. But what I found, and I don't want to say, but like in a negative way, um, I would just say, and what I have found is that once I got sober, like I couldn't just stop with that. Right. right. Like, yeah. And that's why, that's why we've, you know, the title of the episode is never stop seeking because I had to keep, I had to keep growing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had to keep looking for the next thing. Um, much like my disease progressed, right? It didn't start with narcotics. I mean, it may have been narcotics that sort of kicked down the door. Um, but you know, like I did many, many substances that led up to that narcotic. Um, and just, so just as, you know, my, my, my drug and alcohol use evolved and changed over time to where I was kind of seeking the next, the next thing, the next thing that was going to, um, change my attitude and change the way I felt about myself. So must I now in recovery, keep looking for, um, the next thing that will help me to grow to a new level. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the thing that, uh, that I think we're talking about here today is, Finding something to resonate with that that helps you to to get to the next level, whatever it may be. Maybe the next level for you is sobriety. Maybe the next level for you is um, health and exercise. Maybe the next level is something beyond that, you know. And I think that uh, that the the important part is that we are never really done with that. It's right. not there's not an end to it. Right. 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 And, and let's let's talk about that for a second, because one of the things when I first got sober and this is a, a common, I don't know, is it a fallacy? Is it a common belief uh, that uh, sobriety felt so good that I thought it was going to be the f- the end all fix all? Hmm. I really mm-hmm. did. I mm-hmm. thought I thought that because sobriety had finally taken a hold and I was I was sober for real well it's that Um, pink cloud right yeah and that's what it's called right like i thought i thought surely i like this is good you know i'm 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 going to work and i'm happy about it i'm i'm uh at the time you know i wasn't eating healthy or anything but like my life seemed to have some order in it after so much chaos and and i really thought okay sweet i've arrived Mm -hmm. i have Mm -hmm. arrived and i'm gonna be good and like so many other things, um, I would be, I'd be moving along, uh, where I was really excited to maybe go to AA meetings or NA meetings. And then all of a sudden I was on my way to an NA meeting and, and the excitement wasn't there. And I was looking for that excitement and I was like, well, what's that about? Right. And so not pay too much attention to it, but then, uh, I'd be really excited to talk to my sponsor for a long period of time. And then all, all of a sudden I, I was like talking myself out of calling. Mm, mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it, I was, I was really getting a lot out of the literature and it was resonating with me. And then, uh, I'd pick up my book and I would read something and, and I'd feel like, Oh, I, I've read this before and it's not connecting at that high energy level that it did last time I read it or whatever. And so, then I start slipping backwards where right. uh, sobriety was the end all fix all. And now it's just not tasting the same. Right. Uh, and so 
I think the reason that, that we need to be aware of that. And I think the reason that we need to like understand that that's going to come is because it's really easy for me to convince myself that, oh, this isn't working. I need to eliminate sobriety and go back to what's the easiest thing for me to do, which is swallow a pill. Yeah. Easiest way to uh, feel better. Right. And so thankfully with, uh, which is the case with a lot of us is that, that internal voice, that, that internal dialogue, that conversation that we have with ourselves, um, the conscience says, no, there's more work to be done. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, uh, we go into a state of like, um, ex- exploration again, mm-hmm. we go into this state of, of observation of, of who we are and we go, okay, what are we doing different? And if there's nothing that we're doing different, um, that got us to that point, but we're feeling differently about it. I think that's a good indication that it's time for growth. Right. And so for me, you know, I went through all 12 steps with a sponsor. I had a service position. Um, I was, I was doing all the things, but I started noticing that, uh, the food and the laziness and the tobacco were all more symptoms of my disease that I was, that I was eating alcoholically. And what I mean, and this is a good conversation that, that we have is, is when I talk about eating alcoholically, it means for me, I'm eating food that I previously swore off. Mm -hmm. I'm eating food in private so that nobody sees, I'm I'm hiding the amounts that I'm taking in. Um, I'm planning my day around, uh, food that I wouldn't normally eat in front of my wife or my kids or anybody else. I'm plotting, scheming, scamming. And then, uh, when I do start to consume food, whether it's, uh, a salad, a hamburger, pizza, candy, ice cream, food of any kind, uh, the off button is broken and I continue to fucking eat alcoholically. I consume until oblivion. And so like living in that space after getting sober, having the foundation of sobriety, it became very apparent that there needed to be work done in that area. Um, so along with that, there was also the mindset of this really low self value that I had for myself. This, I, this identity of, um, not really, even though I'm sober, I don't deserve the good things in life. Like, like, when it comes to the food and the health, like, like I don't really deserve to be healthy anyway. Like I've always had this, this vision of myself of being fat and unhealthy and unattractive. So, um, the idea that I could be anything other than that was really difficult to break. Like, okay. So, um, isn't it funny that we're held, like we have enough confidence in ourselves to know that we deserve sobriety, but not necessarily health. And yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Like, like it's a, it's a weird dichotomy inside of our minds mm-hmm. because we're taking actions to better ourselves with a fundamental flawed belief that we're valueless. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like just this, this insanity that, insanity that we, that we yeah. talk about. And so we, we go out and we start seeking like, why aren't the things that, why am I off of this pink cloud? And, and, um, and one of the things that Matt talks about are the influences that we have in our lives. And that's why it is so important for us to be around like-minded people. Because right. when we get to that point, what I found that when I get to the point in my life and I get there today after uh, uh, almost 11 years of sobriety, yeah. a very long time and, you know, like eight or nine years of 
this health journey, which has been so up and down, um, my financial journey. Um, Matt was talking about the influences. What I have found after all of that, that, that most of the time uh, I'm doing better than I think I am. Sure. And I need other people in my life that knew me then, that know me now to be able to point out like, fuck, look at where you came from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look at how far you've come and mm -hmm. you're still going forward. And so um, having those positive influences to bounce this stuff off of is huge, right? Because and and in seeking that, like seeking the right people is something that we need to do as well. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, that one of the things for me, like one of the, the crucial and most important things that I think about for myself and and that I hear in you as you're talking about this journey is the willingness, right? Like, yeah, I, it's important that no matter what, what, where I get to or what, what's happening with my journey that I remain willing to do the next thing. Like it, I can accept the fact that maybe, you know, like it's not enough for me to just go to meetings and, and, uh, and work a 12 step program um, to stay sober, I've got to add some stuff to that. Like I'm getting in this space now where it's like, I can see that the insanity is still there, um, with food. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, in my case and, and that, uh, that the, all the same stuff that alcohol was doing to me, um, as far as creating a negative frame of mind, I can do to myself with food. Mm -hmm. And, and so I once was willing to listen to other people and to do what they had told me to do, despite how I felt about it. Yeah. Because I knew that my way of doing things wasn't working. And you're talking about sobriety. Sobriety. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, am I still willing to like, now that I've come to the same conclusion with food <laughs> as I had with drugs and alcohol, Am I, am I willing to now do the same thing and say, okay, I, I don't know how to do this. You've got to tell me how to do it. Right. Um, and you know, like for me, like the, <laughs> with food, like the answer has been no, like I, I'm not yet willing to do that. Like I, I try and take this self-control. I, I got this, I'll figure it yeah. out, you know? And there's been moments where I, I have been willing, but then I try and take my will back a little bit. Right. Okay. I'm on a good thing right now. Like things are going well. Like I've got things under control. Like I'll probably be fine. You know, like I can dabble a little bit. I'm going on vacation or whatever the case is. Right. And, uh, and, and loosen the strings just a little bit for a, for a second and I'll get right. back on it. You know, despite being told like, that's not a good idea. You know, it's not a good idea. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, that's me taking my will back. And if it were drugs and alcohol, I'd be fucked. And I know that, you know, I know that for sure. Um, so it's just this weird dichotomy of like, of, of trying to uh, remember that there's only one way and it's up. And if I'm not moving up, if I'm not growing, I seem to be, you know, declining. Yeah. I, I mean, it, there's no middle ground for me. Yeah. So, so why not just keep, keep that willingness, you know, <laughs> right. take it with me throughout everything. Yeah. 
Willingness is interesting, man. And, you know, very well said, too, because that, that willingness, uh, it's, one, it's one thing to naturally be a seeker of the next thing, but it's another thing to be willing to do what the next thing is. And, and so, like, as we move forward in this never stop thinking idea, right? Uh, one of the things that I found and I'm very grateful for in sobriety is that there really is a connection between my spirit and my mind, my conscience mm. and my actions, right? There, there really is. There really always has been. Sure, sure. And that I'm usually the first one to know when there's action that needs to be taken. Um, and, and so it's funny how as this thing has progressed that more and more and more has been revealed, right? Like sobriety and, and this health journey, because it seems like it goes hand in hand, Cameron, like with us, yeah, yeah, for it, sure. it, it has for sure. not been two separate things. It's been the same journey to a better way of living, thinking and feeling through sobriety and wellness. Like, and so listening and being willing to listen to the conscience and then seek out the, the corrective measures is, is definitely been an interesting journey. And so one of the things that, uh, I find the alcoholic side of my mind likes to do, and I have to fight this all the time is yes, I'm willing and yes, I'm willing to ask and yes, I'm willing to hear the answer to it. But if I don't like your answer to it, then I may not <laughs> fucking uh, like really get into it because the ups and downs with success in the wellness journey, right? Is so, it, it's just really confusing because with alcohol and drugs, my life was so disastrous. Yeah, It was such a fucking disaster that just getting sober made my life better. Right, right, right. Now being sober and on this journey, I go back and I look at all the character defects and all the dysfunction that I had in the relationships of my life. And I find that, you know, with, with all of this journey, like what I want to do is know me. And so I want to know how these relationships are in my life and what they mean to me. And so when I go through and I think about the most important people in my life, I, I always start with like Avery. Mm. Avery is the most important Your person, person in my life. Yeah. Mm. Because she has been the number one supporter of my mental health, physical health and sobriety from the day we started this journey. Yeah. And then when she became the mother of my children, like it just fucking rocketed her into a completely different level oh, of, yeah. of, um, of importance in my life right because now there's this physical connection this bloodline yeah. that that makes the bond even stronger and so i seek like what does this mean to me right and and it's so easy for me to to like uh disregard the amount of work that i've done because i'm not perfect in right. the things that i do and so like I was, I was talking to my sponsor, like one, one of the things that I'm very grateful for is that I am willing to have a sponsor and I am willing to use my sponsor to the best of my ability. And if you don't know what a sponsor is an Alcoholics Anonymous, it's a sober person that may or may not be sober longer than you. That's not necessarily a requirement that they've been sober longer than you. My sponsor happens to be sober longer than I am, 
but he works a program of Alcoholics Anonymous. And so he's an AA sponsor. And I go to him with uh, spiritual and physical, um, like I wouldn't call them problems, but uh, maybe I would call them problems. I don't know. What, what do you go to Ben with? Like I go, I go to him with these concerns or concerns. these real, realizations or yeah. these thoughts or these behaviors that I'm noticing in my life. And we discuss those. Now he's not a uh, weight. He, he's not a weightlifting sponsor. He's not a financial sponsor. He's not a, a dietitian. I go to him for m- my alcoholism. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it works out with me and my alcoholism. But as me and Cameron have found with each other that uh, like I need to go to somebody that is a food sponsor with my food. And I need to go to someone that is a lifting sponsor with or mentor with uh, my lifting or, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. Like like I have to be willing to go out and encompass all of these areas so that when I go back and I look at my behavior with the relationships in my life. I can see what I truly believe based on how I behave. And and that's one of the things that seeking this never stop seeking a better version of myself has given me. It's given me the understanding that not one person is going to have all the answers that I need for my growth mm-hmm. and that it's okay for me to seek different pathways and different directions to get the answers that I'm looking for. And that like, for me, and, and you might agree that one of the biggest holdbacks for me is that I do not consider anything other than perfection a win. Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. I think, too, that um, because of that, right, because of that perfection that I expect within myself, it makes me want to belittle my sobriety. So I, I'm really glad that you said that because um, I... I always, always want to, you know, discredit the fact that I'm sober because I'm still struggling with food, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and here's the thing is like, if I, I feel like had I not received the blessings that I have as a result of getting sober and working a 12 step program that I might just be, I might have the willingness that it takes to get this food under control. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? So because my life is as good as it is, as a result of getting sober and working a 12 step program, there's a part of me that's like, well, maybe it's not that bad. Like, you know, like I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm unhealthy. I'm uncomfortable. And, and you know, I don't like the way that I look, but like, I'm married. I have a beautiful wife. I have a beautiful child. I have a great job. Like, you know, all things that I didn't have before, you know, and maybe if I didn't have those things, I would then have the willingness that it would take to, to do what is necessary. Right. right? And, and I won't say that I never have the willingness. Like what I will say is that the willingness seems to come and go and that, you know, that alcoholic mindset and, that disease that I have is a tricky motherfucker. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. but I am fortunate in that I do have, I have people to talk to. Um, I have you, I have other people that we've met in this program that, um, not everybody can identify with the food thing, mm-hmm. but I seem to have found quite a few that, that do. Right. 
um, which I'm grateful for because, you know, for me, that's a huge part of what I struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dichotomy of um, my sobriety versus any problem with food. Um, but I guess I don't really know where I was going with that, except to say that, you know, just because I'm struggling in one area doesn't mean that, you know, that I haven't done um, excellent in another area. Right. It doesn't discredit the work that you've done in other areas. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, like I'm never going to be perfect. Um, yeah. For me to be perfect would be um, impossible, you know, <laughs> perfectly um, imperfect because I honestly think that I think that what I envision as perfect now, let's say like my vision of perfection is, um, you know, waking up on time and um, eating according to a, a specific schedule and only eating you know, specific food at a specific time and exercising for a certain amount of, you know, time. And, um, then also making time to reach out to others to see how they're doing and also make time for self-help in the, in the evening and also family time and also reflection at the end of the day. Um, all while again, you know, sort of eating healthy. If I was to have a day like that, I would find something wrong with it. You know what I mean? Like even in those days where, um, I seem to do everything perfect. I'm always going to have that part of me that will try to find something wrong with it because it's that part of me that is going to use that imperfect element to justify falling off. Yeah. Right. Um, so recognizing that is helpful because I can then say, you know what? Like I'm, I'm probably always going to have that part that thinks that it's not perfect and that that justifies the next meal. So why not just accept that it's not going to be perfect and, um, and remove that element right now, because if that's, what's going to justify the next meal, then I'll just remove it so that maybe that's not, that's not the reason why I do that. Yeah. You know, um, there'll be thousands of millions of other reasons, but that won't be the reason today. Yeah. And, and it's important to let everybody know too, like in, including myself that, that all of that through my experience, what I have found has come and gone, mm-hmm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's come and it's gone and it's come and it's gone. And all really it, it is, is these little moments where <clears throat> I try to be what we like to say a little less fuckhead today than I was yesterday. Right. Um, it's so easy for us to discredit everything based on the work someone else is doing in their lives and and let me be let me be the first to tell you that whatever work you see somebody else doing there's 10 things you don't see right there's 10 problems that you don't see happening in their life so like when i go on instagram or i go to a meeting or I go anywhere where i'm being inspired it is so important for me to remember that that one win is just that it's one win in that person's life and they may or may not be talking about the five failures that they had that day because we're not all that different right right? we're we're really not the more we do the short show the more i see that we are so connected and we are so much alike that that there are the fundamental things that we all want in life that i have found through doing this show with you and, and with all the stories that we've heard that that the people want to know that they are valued. I want to know that I am valued. I want to know that I'm adding value to people's lives, especially the people that 
um, I am directly in contact with like the listeners, uh, the people on my, my social medias, my extended family, my siblings, my parents, and then, you know, bring it into my immediate family, my wife, my kids, and myself. I want to know that I add value to all those things. I want to feel secure. I want to be able to do things that I know are, uh, that are, that are going to bring security to my life, such as finances, um, you know, uh, nutrition, medicine, shelter, those kind of things that, that bring in security and bring in this sense of, of peace around me. I want to have a clear mind and a clear direction of, of what I want my life to look like. I want to be proud of the body that I've created and, and the way that I speak, the life that I live. And I think that a lot of people, uh, can identify with wanting those same things. Right? Sure. We all want love. Mm-hmm. And so uh, don't, I, I cannot compare my chapter three to someone else's chapter 10, mm. right? And I can't compare what I'm failing at to somebody else where they're succeeding because if somebody's crushing it in the food, they might be fucking just completely gone on the relationship, right? Like, like their relationship. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. what they're struggling with. All I ever see is what they're winning with. Mm-hmm. And and so it's really important for us to remember that as we seek this, like one of the biggest things that we should try to seek out is absolute truth. You know, we want to believe as many things that are true and not believe as many things that are false as possible. You know, base our lives in fact, yeah, not belief, um, mm-hmm. or or not what we want to believe, but what we factually believe based on the way that we behave um, and stuff like that. Seeking is, is such a, fuck, it's turned into like such a, really a pretty neat conversation. Yeah. Yeah, it really has. I think I, you know, I think I needed to talk about this stuff because, um, because it, this is my journey and it's, it's not your journey. It's not your, your journey. It's my journey. Right. And, and it is what it is and that's okay. And I think that, Um, you know, as we, as we talk about it here today, like there, there, there are new levels for all of us. And sometimes even just realizing that it's time for a new level is a step forward. Um, and I think that the only thing for me that feels like I'm making a headway or, that I'm connecting with other people spiritually or that I'm connecting with myself spiritually is to be able to, to recognize that and move in a forward direction. It doesn't mean that I'm making leaps and bounds. It means that I'm simply not moving backwards. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, like I've got to do that bit by bit sometimes and, and talking about it, um, for me is, is one of the ways that I do that Yeah. because I want to internalize it. I don't want to talk about it. It's painful to talk about like it sucks. And I hate, you know, admitting that I have a problem because I'm just like everybody else. Like I, I want to only portray, especially like on social media, social media is horrible for this, but I want to, I just want people to see the wins. So like if I'm not, communicating at all it means i'm (laughs) you feel like i feel like i'm losing right you feel like yeah yeah so um yeah i mean you want to like yeah yeah what a what a crock of shit 
we have for ourselves. <laughs> Fucking probably do better. Yeah. But, you know, I'm very grateful for this conversation. I'm very grateful that uh, Matt inspired it. And so if you want to talk about progression and uh, somebody that is absolutely seeking his own truth, let's, let's, let's talk about this guy. Yeah, let's do it. Matt yeah. was, um, really cool war story. I, I like that. It's a little different and, yeah, and, I love uh, how different people get different, how, how they get sober different and, and why. Yeah. And how they stay sober. Like, yeah. Because it's so important for our listeners. Part of the reason that we do the podcast the way that we do, we are an all pathways recovery podcast, man. If you're if you're doing better in life, we want to know how you're doing it so yeah. that somebody else can hear that it can be done that way. So Matt, Matt's no exception. He's, he's, he's a savage. Uh I, I put a post out on Facebook as we were starting to wrap up the show in this studio. Like I was talking about, he was one of the people that reached out. I have done some burpees with him. Um, he falls in the vein of the people that, uh, you know, like Patrick and, and Rich and, and Martin and Gavin, you know, we've had a few people that are in that, that mighty net networks network, share their stories and it's always been good. So, um, with that, what do you say? Let's do it. Let's do it. This week's war story is brought to you by Brainwashed Coffee. Brainwashed Coffee is a damn good coffee with a damn good cause. 50% of all proceeds go back into the recovery community, which makes it a perfect partner for us here at the Other Side of Hell podcast. With delicious blends like Coffee Commitment, Found a New Freedom, we drink a hell of a lot of it here. And it gives us the energy we need to deliver a quality show. Right now, you can get $5 off your coffee purchase at brainwashedcoffeeco.com using promo code OTHERSIDE. Clean your bean. Brainwashed coffee. Now, without further ado, here is this week's war story. All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Matt Bellman. Very thankful to be able to share my story with, uh, with everyone. Today, I am 42. I'm a father of two young children, blessed with a beautiful boy, a beautiful little girl. They both kind of started baseball. So I have begun the sports dad era of life, which has got to be by far uh, the greatest uh, era of my life. And uh, I couldn't be more thankful to be sober uh, and completely uh, have a base in sobriety as I move forward into that. I've been sober for, it's funny, it's actually hard for me to remember. I've actually been sober for around a year and a half or two and a half years. It's hard for me to remember, but uh, but nevertheless, I'll take you guys back a little bit to the beginning of my story, which was uh, I had a great childhood growing up, you know, a great family who supported me. I got to do all of the classic wonder years types of things, uh, lots of good friends and uh, family that supported me lots of good quality family. And I decided that uh, apparently that wasn't enough for me, that I had to go out and experiment and uh, throw myself to the wolves. And I find it uh, a pure lottery ticket that I'm even sitting here to tell this story today. I put myself in uncountable, terrible situations where I should have, could have, would have, and did put myself in terrible circumstances, terrible results set myself back massive portions of my life. And I always say that in, um, in the light that I have found an incredible life, an 
And so those things were to a certain degree part of the train tracks to bring me to where I'm at today. But I don't ever for a moment think um, that that is an excuse to have made some of the terrible decisions I made uh, with my life. I mean, I was a felon at age 14 years old. Um, I had two DUIs as I went through my 20s. I think I got one when I was 20 and one when I was 30. Uh, the amount of times I drove under the influence uh, surpassed counting. Uh, I feel uh, that if if anyone, if my children ever did any of the things that I did, I, I don't know how I would struggle to not judge them uh, in a negative way. And so I try to always keep in perspective uh, the fact that I wasted away massive amounts of my life wasn't until I became nearly 40 where I was able to actually get my hands on the wheel uh, and stop. I mean, I did crazy things, um, you know, abusing alcohol uh, and then drugs on down the line, you know, stopping short of extreme drugs. Um, you know, I abused alcohol to the nth degree. I kind of grew up in a redneck culture. And that was if you found the right people that was looked highly upon. But uh I found myself in my 20s with a massive marijuana grow room in my basement, uh, single, without a job, um, and basically being like a professional criminal. And thank God, at some point, and I was not sober, I decided to take a career. I just became fed up with it. And as the time kind of went by, I was lucky enough to uh, meet my, my, my wife. And uh, we became uh, pregnant with our son. And it's funny, even a couple of years of his life went by, even as I started putting things like, you know, the criminal enterprise away. And in the past, um, I found myself trying to be a role model for my wife, for my son and uh, for my daughter uh, and still abusing alcohol, marijuana, going to work under the influence of marijuana, smoking weed all day at work, even going so far as to define myself in those things, you know, listening to music that would support those mindsets, watching shows, uh, just kind of living that life. And it's funny, I actually even began uh, an exercise program, a fairly extreme exercise program, boxing. Muay Thai, MMA, uh, wrestling, all uh, while still abusing uh, drugs and alcohol. And I could just tell looking back that uh, there was a massive part of me that was just so sick of that chain around my neck um, that I was just starting to break out from the inside out. And it's just absolute lottery ticket stuff right there. You know, I don't, I don't really understand how I got to that point running both ways in an opposite direction at the same time. But uh, I think I was fortunate enough to have some positive influences in my life growing up that they, you know, kind of deeply embedded themselves. And so eventually, as I gave myself enough time, some of them showed up. And so my heart goes out to uh, people who may not have had those underlying positive factors in life and have to dig down and create their own uh, base of positivity or ability or just of pure uh, sobriety and just a, a, a 
ground to stand on because we don't all get that. I absolutely accept the fact that I was given um, a, a handful of aces and uh, I, I didn't even really start playing them until incredibly recently. So as I said, I'm 42. I have a, I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old and I didn't become sober until roughly, we'll just say two years ago. And it was funny. I had a co-worker, uh, a, a kid from the gym who eventually became my co-worker come to my house. We're watching MMA. And we, it's funny. I remember even drinking a beer when we go upstairs to do like some burpees while we're waiting for the UFC main event to come on. And it was like the only time I ever puked doing an exercise, doing an exercise routine. Um, and I don't even think of that very often, but it's funny how that comes to mind. But that really laid the groundwork as he introduced me to some online personalities that eventually became, um, you know, a group of people uh, that I really look up to. So just to give a shout out to the people who have had incredible impact on my life, you have, of course, uh, Wes Watson. Um, who just, I understand he does not connect to many people. I'm fortunate enough that I can connect with him. Um, but I think everyone out there, if you search hard enough, you are going to find some personalities online that connect with the struggle that you've gone through with the mindset that you're hoping to cultivate. Uh, Wes just happened to connect for me um, on so many different levels. And then as I went down that rabbit hole of diet and exercise, which is really the platform uh, that he preaches uh, a line of discipline, mental discipline on. Uh, there were other people I found that had an incredible impact on me. You've got Art from Iron Wolf. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you've got the, like, the, you know, the standalone incredible people of our time. You know, you've got your David Goggins, uh, people like that. So when I think of three people that have impacted me, those, those would be the top three. But then... You know, you keep digging, you keep digging. And um, so anyway, so as I became sober, uh, just to kind of tell the story of how that happened was we started going on vacations at a family. And I remember being in Florida and I had this nice routine of uh, going to Florida, getting a bottle of tequila, keep it in the freezer, drinking beer all day and then shooting tequila from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. And I just started realizing, I don't even know when, I'm sure it was before, like, hey, man, you know, you argue with your wife a lot over what, you know, are you going to define yourself by that? Is that how you're going to go into the graves by arguing with your wife, who's the mother of your children uh, in front of your children as they become older? Is that how you're going to define yourself? And then eventually one day I looked at this goddamn model in my hand and said, this is this has got to be the most massive reason. And it's funny, as I as I got a DUI like when I was 20, a DUI when I was 30, they put you through some alcohol information courses to try to shake some damn sense in you before you go out there and kill somebody, kill yourself, to just give you some information. And it's funny, that information is absolute gold. You've got to inform your mind about the substances you're putting in your body whether that's uh, creatine or alcohol or marijuana, whatever it is, get some scientific information, get some, get some real factual information about what those things are doing to you because alcohol is a depressant, you know, it's going to depress you. You may feel good for 10 minutes, but it's going to, for every high, there's an equal and opposite low. And so I, at one point, just 
was able to clearly see if I can get this alcohol out of my life, it's going to take an incredible amount of negativity out of my life. And so we're on Florida on vacation. I took that bottle of tequila. I took that case of beer. They both went in the trash can and I never looked back. And it's funny over the past, whatever it is, two years, I've, I've found this incredible sensitivity now to that negativity in others. And I can't stand it. I, you know, if there's people that I'm around who are close to me and my family, if I even see them drinking, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to be pretty judgmental within myself. I'm not going to necessarily vocalize it because I don't know if I've, if I've, uh, if I've really cultivated that strength enough yet, or if I have that value to people, which I've got to build up over time. But uh, I know for a fact when I see people drinking or the very rare years, if I, if I see people using drugs, which is just going to be smoking weed, but let's just stick to alcohol as the main, as the main culprit here. You know, if I see someone drinking, I know if I see them tomorrow, they're going to be in an opposite mood. And I know that that holds true for myself. And so I have no interest, no time, no energy. I've got no time to waste and uh, no days to get back. I gave enough over to that, to that demon. And I'm uh, fortunate to be sitting here even telling a story about it. But uh, as I was saying, you know, I've just developed this incredible sensitivity to that negativity in others that comes as a other flip side of the coin of alcohol. And I used to think, oh, some people are some people are good at drinking, some people are bad at drinking. I'm just bad at drinking in that. I just really think that's just bullshit from top to bottom. Alcohol is a depressant, it's a drug, it is an absolute poison. I despise it on every level. I find no um, positive side of it. You know, people going out and having a good time while they drink, it makes no sense to me because you're gonna pay that bill on the other side. And honestly, you're kind of wasting time. At that time, and that may be a shallow perspective, but hey, it's mine and I'm proud of it. So I was on vacation in Florida. I luckily threw that alcohol in the trash can and immediately just started having all of this extra energy. You know, where does this all come from? Well, guess what, genius? You've been spending your entire life spinning your wheels. So now you have at least somewhat of, a, of an engine that you've built up, even if it was in a negative way, uh, to use in a positive way. And so, so now I get to exercise every day. I get to take advantage of all my moments. I get to, I get to take advantage of all my memories, all the experiences I have. I get to log them. I get to remember them. You know, I think back to my twenties and thirties and teens when I was drinking and, and using and, uh, the memories are few and far between and the few that there are, they are fairly blurred. Um, and not necessarily ones to be proud of. I mean, I didn't even really get to make any marks in life except in a negative way uh, as I was drinking and using. So, you know, I pretty much didn't even start living an adult life until I was 40. I'll turn 43 here in November. To say I couldn't be happier um, that's not necessarily true. Uh, I don't think alcohol uh, quitting drinking is the key to happiness. It's all about what you do from that point. I think it's absolutely just like a just like building a foundation to your house. You know, having a concrete floor is not going to give you a beautiful house, but uh, you're not going to have a beautiful house most likely without a concrete floor. So I look at sobriety as a base, a 
requirement. It is an absolute, uh, most simple thing possible. It's just, uh, and maybe that's not fair to say. Maybe saying it's the most simple thing possible isn't true. We've all put ourselves through different things. I think I've found the simplicity in sobriety that I greatly appreciate. I think it might be a little bit of a more accurate way to put it because everyone has different experiences they've gone through to bring them through to that point of wanting to be sober, being able to be sober, and uh, and then actually living a life in that sobriety. But I do view it as a non-negotiable, you know, to think of it as something that you can do partially is is a joke. I mean, it is a drug. It's kind of designed to get into your psyche. And I know for a fact, if uh, if I was to take a drink today, I know, I know not only from personal experience, but I know from factual, um, there's just things that have been taught to me. I know if I start drinking, not only am I going to drink, um, I'm going to drink as if I never stopped drinking. And those are kind of like alcohol 101 basics. Uh, same thing with marijuana, even more so because I've used marijuana probably more than alcohol. So if I was to go smoke some weed right now, probably within about a week, um, I would probably be smoking such an incredible amount of weed. I would probably just be useless to everyone around me except myself. And I would only live to serve myself and to to serve that addiction and I would only be functional in life enough to serve that addiction and whatever thing I could and I would essentially just become not only a waste but a liability to all those around me. So my sobriety really gives me just an opportunity each day to be an asset to those around me and then it's up to me to stand up in life and create something each day off of that and every day isn't some incredible success but Every day being sober built on built one day on top of the other um, increases my chance to be that asset to those around me and to my children and be able to go to baseball games with my son and give him a true positive support, you know, rather than being out there faking it to make it um, and being some fake dad. Uh, and then it gives me the ability to visualize greater things I never would have visualized. and. Uh, to think about what the ultimate goals for my life are in the view that I have faith that I can reach those things. It would be such a travesty to, in my psyche, to be building up, oh, these are the things I could be if I wasn't such a goddamn failure um, with these drugs and alcohol. But it's such, uh, it's such a wonderful thing to be able to stand on that concrete floor of sobriety and be able to say, these are the things I could imagine I could make with the rest of my years on this earth. And I actually know down in the depths of my soul that I can reach out and take those things. And I can give my absolute best to, to go out and make those things possible. And then beyond me, because it's not even about me for my family, I get to put that forward to my son. I get to put that forward to people I've never met. I get to put that forward to coworkers and friends. Um, and I get to be somewhat of a light um, to those around me, you know, whether I know them or not. And so eventually um, exercise led me to sobriety and then it let me really focus on uh, being able to push myself physically. And I think that that's a massive part of it because I think sobriety, you're going to have to, you're going to have to point your, point your, your, your ship into the wind and uh, and take some tension on in life. It's definitely not about running from anything. 
uh, finding sobriety is going to be all about just being able to stand up and put your arms out and carry uh, a portion of, you know, of of the work that we uh, society take on. And so you're going to have to put yourself out there. And that's the way I look at it for myself is I have to stand up each day, take on as much as possible, realize that uh, I'm going to have to put myself in a comfortable situation. And those things become uh, second nature just every day. And all I can think of is, luckily, um, I have a couple of children of my own that I get to have that just immediate gratification of seeing, you know, when they're at that young age of seeing that they benefit 24 hours a day from, uh, from my sobriety and from my, my uh, regiment routine and discipline. And I can't wait to see them grow up in that. But I also know that it's not just about me and my family. I know that it's also greatly about those around me that I know and I don't know. So, you know, those are kind of some of my experiences. Um, I really look forward to the next 10 years of my life more than I ever had, even 20 years. Uh, and that's really where I stand today. I know that as time, as you get older and time starts flying by um, at an incredible pace, that living in the moment and being present is critical, but it gives you also the ability to kind of see hey, there's a possibility of some greater things coming. And we all know that life is fragile and anything could happen, especially these days with the way we live. You know, no one's guaranteed tomorrow. Um, and so it's not about selling out for today. It's just about appreciating today. And that's really where I'm at. I try to uh, just be thankful for the ability to be thankful for each day, be thankful for my children, for my wife. and. Uh, have a glimpse of what they might have coming towards them in the future, because given them a household that they can be, um, they can be safe and knowing there's some predictability here. There's some consistency here. There's some dependability here with my parents. Uh, I really have high hopes for my children. Uh, I know that they, as they go into their teenage years, I kind of know what to expect. It's funny. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I am just going to live each day and uh, appreciate it. And uh, being sober has been incredible. I do burpees every day on GP Life, which is part of the Mighty Network. You can download that app. You can go on GP Life. You can find me in any of the burpee groups, or you can find others like me, many of which, if not all of which, are usually going to be sober. It's tough to drink some beer and go do 100 burpees. So if you're looking to find some other sober people who are active and positive and pushing themselves and are uh, functional in their sobriety, find Mighty Networks app, go to GP Life Forum, join. It's a small cost. It might be a $27 entrance fee. I guarantee you that uh, it's worth every penny. You'll find tons of sober people there. You'll find in the events list. You'll find burpee groups. You'll find me there. You'll find other sober people there. There's many forums on there to reach out to other people who are going through not just the struggles, of course, of sobriety, but the but uh, of, be, of finding sobriety, but the struggles of life from that point, because that's really where you are choosing to enter uh, the arena of life is from sobriety. That's where you're saying, I'm taking off all these crutches. I'm taking off all these handicaps. 
I'm pulling the hood off of, off my head and I'm going to step into light. And then the real challenges begin uh, in general because you're going to be willing to take them on. I'd say there are challenges for everybody through life if there are, of course. But once you're sober, at least what I should say is once I became sober, I was able to find many more challenges waiting for me than I did before. And uh, I welcome them all. So. Again, my name's Matt. I look forward to meeting anybody there who wants to meet us there. We'll be there doing burpees uh, 5 a.m. Eastern time, seven days a week. There are other burpee groups throughout the day. You can always reach out to me and message me on that forum. Of course, my name is Matthew Bell. You can reach out to me on Instagram and Facebook. Fairly basic. Uh, you're not going to see a blue check mark on my name. You're not going to see anything fancy. You might see some burpee uh, routines in my, in my, uh, in my profiles, feel free to scroll through and make any comments you wish. But uh, if this reaches out and helps anybody, um, I couldn't be more thankful for that. So with that, I will sign off and say uh, much love, much respect to you guys. And uh, hope to see you in the future. And, uh, you know, you've got it in you. So we love you and uh, hope the best for you. So thank you very much. Yeah seriously though like if you if you cameron's done it, if you want to challenge like hop on that mighty networks man and and do a uh do a little session man do do what you can check do yourself what you out can, I think is and the... and he's absolutely right like i've never seen anybody on that network that uh was drinking smoking um everybody that i've ever talked to on it are on the path of sobriety um the path of of better living they share their wins or losses unlike anywhere else i've ever seen so you know matt thank you so much for for sharing your story being willing to do this and and you know what a great what a great perspective and what a great change that he had in his life and continues to have in his life yeah yeah i, I really liked uh hearing about how um you know he was a felon at 14 he was that bad kid um and he kind of always just had that mentality um, and he, you know, became huge in the, in the pot scene. Um, and just hearing his whole journey into where he got to this point where he was like, I can't keep, yeah, I can't keep doing this way. Like if I care about myself, if I care about my family, like I've got to do better. It comes that moment of clarity yeah. and he was able to, to like drop that, drop that down the sink. And, and because of that so many other things were revealed to mm -hmm. him so many other areas that need to work be worked and the thing about this you guys is 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 it, it's a clear example of like when you're ready to to change the things that are destroying you the information and the pathway to do that are revealed you know and they may have been there the whole time but for some reason it becomes clear on which direction to take right it it, mm -hmm. it just does you know and and uh, health, um, mental health, physical health, sobriety, financial health, all those things seem to seem to run hand in hand with each other. Like the, the, the more well we get, the more well we get, the sicker we get, the sicker we get. And it just, it, they, they go like that. It just, one thing leads to another, you know, and success leads to success. And and destruction leads to destruction. So Matt's a, Matt's a great example of like figuring out and you can, you know, like, like he shared, like figured out what he wanted. 
He figured out what kind of person he wanted to be. He figured out what type of relationship he wanted to have with his wife and his kids. And he started moving towards that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I love that. I love, I love that he's made some non-negotiables in his life, like with the marijuana, you know, that, yeah. was, that was a huge problem for him. And we were talking, you know, after the shoot. And I remember like, like how, how much these drugs and alcohol set me back because there's, there's certain jobs that I just would not apply for. And you're because have to take a drug test. Yeah, I'm not gonna fucking yeah. apply for a job. I got to take a piss test. Huh? <laughs> you know, then I can't get hot. Right. Yeah. And, and so I can't move forward. And and that's not the case today. You know, today, today we are only bound by the limits of our own minds, right? By the limits of ourselves. And the more successes we have, the more our minds open up to what we're able to do. The more I, the more I see what I'm able to do, the more that I try, the more that I seek, the more that I do, the more that I see I can do, the more I believe I can do. And, 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 and I'm just so grateful for that, you know? Yeah. I really, uh, his story was inspiring. Um, it reminded me and I re- I really appreciated his honesty too, because yeah. sometimes I feel like, uh, there's certain, certain ways that we might feel in sobriety that are kind of, I don't know. It's not like it's taboo to talk about, but uh-huh. maybe don't get talked about enough. One of the things that you talked about was just being judgmental <laughs> towards, yeah. towards, uh, when he wa- watches other people drink, you know, and, yeah. and I for sure had some of that. I think for me, it's not a comfortable situation, but there's, you know, a couple of different reasons why, um, one is like, I hate it when I see other people making it look fun, you know, right. I'm like, ah, well, wasn't fun for me not towards the end you know and the other is that uh that i i don't have the patience for it i don't have yeah. the tolerance for it i um i have a hard time like interacting with people because we're not sharing the same experience at that point yeah and uh, and it just feels awkward for me yeah and and the truth is too like uh we know that what they're going through mm-hmm. most likely if if i see somebody that is drunk Right. Not lot, not mildly intoxicated, not, uh, having a glass of wine. If I see somebody that's drunk, yeah, most likely I could say they have fucking problems in their lives. Right. Yeah. Well, people, I don't, I fuck. I don't know. I was going to say, well, people don't destroy themselves, but I don't know what well people look like. Like, like everybody, well, it, and even I mean, people that don't drink. Yeah. Like, I know that destroy themselves, but there's an exception to everything. Yeah. Too. Like, so I'm sure there's plenty of people uh, out there that are, you know, we would know. consider themselves well-rounded that yeah. probably still get plastered every now yeah. and again. And I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. And I just don't, I don't want to be around it. Like it fucking bothers me. Yeah. It's not fun for me. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so like, you know, being that example for our kids and having that safe space for them, like, like a real safe space for them to grow and explore and yeah. learn. Uh, one of the things that I shared with him that I always like to share is that like, I don't know what the outcome is going to be for my children in their life. Like, like I can do the best I can just like he is to, to be informative and be present and be the example. Uh, they may drink. I, they're after a certain point, I can't control that. But what I can do is control whether they drink out of my bottle or not. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, what I can do is control whether they smoke out of my pack or not. Those are things that I can do through what he was talking about, orchestrating stress in my life 
you know, having these self-inflicted adversities so that we can become hardened mm-hmm. so that when mm-hmm. the fucking things of life come, we're not falling apart all over the place, just a disaster and making whatever the hard thing is in life worse. Well, they're, they're going to come. That's the thing. It's yeah. like they're they're going to come no matter what. It's like we might as well just put ourselves in a position where we're, we're more equipped to handle it um, for for ourselves and for those people around us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really appreciated his story. Yeah. I thanks. mean, I related, related with you a lot, Matt. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for, 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 uh, sharing that. Yeah. Appreciate it. For sure. So yeah, another episode down, getting closer to the end of this studio. Looking forward to the next Cameron. Thanks one, for being here. One stage in life. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Willie changing it up that's how we do right ryland's here right dog in the back over there jordan was like i hate you guys yeah jordan's only here today so we're not gonna say thanks jordan we're gonna say thanks ryland thanks for everybody for listening yeah thank you willie should we get out of here let's do it okay and with that we will see you on the other side remember you and i are definitely worth the work The Other Side of Hell is a do-it-yourself podcast. For more information, recovery resources, and contact info, check out our website at theothersideofhellpodcast.com. You can help us spread our message by liking and subscribing, giving us a follow, or a five-star rating.